Hello everyone and welcome to the Dear Future Hubby podcast. I am your host Teresa Reese and normally how I do it, I would read a poem from my book of poetry entitled A Strong-Willed Mind Healing Scars Over Time Through My Poetry. However, today as I am processing All of the events that have manifested in my life over the past few weeks, I know it's been a minute since I've been online um, and since I've been on this broadcast. However, I wanted to take a moment to just reflect. And there's a poem that I discovered that I wrote September the 1st of 2006 and I actually wanted to read that poem today. So here it goes. The name of the poem is called The Qualities You Possess by yours truly, Teresa Reese. The qualities you possess for a while may have made me speechless, not because I was in such awe, but because you showed me a fool. How could you abandon your own, take away their joy, as well as their home. You thought of no one but yourself. And yet you asked me for no divorce. For you fed me lies for half a decade. The tears you cried were all a fake. You never intended to love me back, but loved the illusion of the perfect match. Forgiving you is what I must do. That choice is for me, hell, not for you. As I forgive, I won't forget. The choice you made, you'll live to regret. Your children someday will be grown. A God-fearing man will raise your own. The choice was yours first, of course, but you left the results as divorce. I tried giving you the best of me, which was my mistake. You weren't deserving. Now I choose to move along, put you behind me to make me stronger. The qualities you possess came piercing through. I should have known that wrong you choose. So predictable you turned out to be as your qualities proved that you are my enemy. So I hope that you all have had the most amazing evening, morning, afternoon, whenever it is that you hear this episode Personally, I have been going through quite a tsunami of events. And I have spent so many days being very and extremely emotional. And when I read this poem, one thing that I am grateful about is that when I go through things, I find a way to let it out. That's not the easiest thing to do. 
I'll be the first to admit because sometimes I could literally kind of withdraw and just go into my shell and not come out for a while. But I've learned that expressing myself, whether it is good, bad, ugly, or indifferent, can be quite therapeutic. So one of the reasons why I wanted to come on here is because I'm not quite ready to share what it is that I've gone through in the past few weeks. First of all, because it's on a very, very, very personal level and it's concerning my child. So I try my best to protect my children at all costs. Um, but I do feel like there needs to be a time that I have a moment to share at least some of what I've experienced because I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I'm not the only parent that has gone through what I've been through. I will say though, there were many moments where I felt like I was the only parent going through what I was going through. I thank everyone who took time out to lift up myself as well as my child and my family. Um, I thank everyone who took the time out to send fervent and righteous prayers up. I thank God for the people who took the time to understand that as transparently as I live, there are some things that I just choose not to divulge. And that's to protect my child. Um, and then there's some people that I believe that I may have said too much because everyone cannot handle your truth. Everyone can't handle your truth. Um, it's easy to lean on your own understanding when you go through a traumatic experience. It's easy for you to try to rationalize why certain things are taking place when you just don't quite understand. If I were to take the time out to truly convey to you all, all that I have experienced in my life, I'm sure that someone with a psychiatric background would ask me, why am I not rocking back and forth in somebody's chair? And the truth be told, there are moments that I don't even know. Truth be told, I believe my ancestors were sending prayers up way before I ever manifested on this planet. To make sure that I was covered in some way, form or fashion. Because I don't believe in my right mind that I should be in my right mind. Considering all that I've experienced in my lifetime. And I'm grateful for the people that truly hold up my arms. I'm grateful for the people that truly hold up my ladder. I'm grateful for the covering that I do have with the people that genuinely love me, that only will the best for me, despite all of the adversity that I face. I am grateful for those people that are behind the scenes fighting spiritual battles on my behalf because they see something in me and they know that the battle is not mine, it is truly the Lord's. But they also know that I battle not against flesh and blood, but against the principalities of the air and demons in high places. 
And so I'm aware. And if I wasn't aware, I learned real quickly that, yeah, you cannot do certain things alone. They, I've heard people say for every level, there's a new devil. You cannot go through certain levels of adversity by yourself. You know, they say it takes a village to raise a child. If I could add anything, I would say it takes a village to support a single mother. It takes a village to help a single parent. It takes a village. There's no way that an individual can go through a lot of what they go through alone. And I know that we've been conditioned to do things solo dolo. I know that we've been conditioned to go at things alone. And for some journeys, being alone is a requirement. It's almost necessary. But what I've been through in the last few weeks, there's no way in hell that I was ever meant to do that alone. And yet, I found myself alone. My child has two parents, not one. My child has two parents, not one. And it spoke volumes to me to go through what I went through to divulge the severity of the circumstances and to hear excuse upon excuse upon excuse upon excuse from her father. And if my child is impressionable, and she is, what I will say to those who are able-bodied to be a parent to their child and they opt not to do that for whatever reason. These children need both parents. These children need their mothers and their fathers. These children pay attention to how it is that when they go through a traumatic experience, how it is that their parents show up in their lives. Our children need us. That is not a luxury that we can opt out of or in. And if it is, it's something that we should not opt out of. In my, perf- in my opinion, in my humble opinion, that's something that we should not opt out of. If you have the ability to parent your child, if you are in your right mind, if you are able-bodied, then when your child is in need of you, then you, in my opinion, should do everything in your power to be present. First of all, because we don't know how long each of us have on this earth. So it should not be an option. In my opinion, it should be mandatory. I literally had to drop everything. I could not think about my employer. I could not think about my job, my primary job, where my source of income comes from. I could not think about anything but 
my child. I had to be 100% present in her time of need. I thank everyone that took time to rally around us as we went through that tsunami, because that's exactly what it was. It was way beyond a storm. Trust and believe that. But to know that the other parent is living, breathing, and not too far from where we were. And yet every message that was sent, every call that was made, the response was an excuse. When I think about my children... And I think about when I was going through what I was going through with my older children. And when I think about the sacrifices that I made in order to make sure that I remain present, even though it was mandated in so many different actions of the other party that I be absent, even though the perception that was being presented was a false perception of who I truly was as a parent. I never stopped fighting to be present in my children's lives. I never gave up on my children. I never gave up on being a parent to those children. All I've ever wanted to do was love my kids. That's all I've ever wanted to do. When I was faced with the tumor in my brain, when I was told that I had a tumor in my brain, in my heart of hearts, I believe that the reason why I am still living and breathing right now is because of the love that I had for my children, because of the fervent and righteous prayers that I pray to my creator, asking him, Who's going to take care of my babies if I pass away? I was detailed in my requirement of him. I was transparent in my prayers to him. Regardless of people's personal opinion of how they believe that I mishandled parenting my three oldest children, the love that I've had for my children has never faltered or altered. I have always loved my children. I will always love my children. There is not an amount of money that could be placed before me For me to make a choice of that or my children. They're going to always win. No matter what the circumstance. Because that's how much I love them as their mother. So to watch my child suffer. And to know that there was an embedded desire for both of her parents to be present. And I was the only parent able to be present of the two. Let me take that back. Both were able to be present. But I was the only one who consciously decided to be present from beginning to end. And I'm still fighting. Being a parent is a gift not to be taken for granted. 
And to see someone who is not even biologically connected to my child show up and be more present than the person who is biologically connected to my child, that did something to me. You know, the scripture says that God is a father to the fatherless. And a lot of times, if we're honest, we think fatherless means the father who has passed away. No father is present in terms of the physical body, in terms of living. But the more that I go through these trials and these tribulations, which they say are meant to make me stronger, I don't really know how much stronger Teresa has got to be because based off of the things that I've been through, boo-boo. I'm over that. Stronger for what? Stronger why? My strength has been tried, tested, and proven again and again and again and again. Everyone gets tired of battles. Even if they know they're predestined to win them, they still get tired of the fight. But despite all of that, I had to make a conscious choice not to faint for the sake of my child. I had to make a conscious choice to stand up and be present for the sake of my child, even though my heart was breaking every freaking second. I had to hold back the tears for the sake of my child. It's called sacrificial love. And children need to know that we are willing to sacrifice for them. If we don't fight for them, who is going to fight for them? Our children have gone through so much hell. COVID-19 has addressed and affected everybody on this planet. No one is exempt. There are teenagers that wanted to graduate and walk across the stage that couldn't even do that. There are teenagers that literally feel like their only identity comes by the people that they associate with at these schools. And then they were told that they had to do virtual learning and they weren't even introduced to that until COVID. So now I'm isolated from the people that I believe helped to identify me and help me to learn my identity, my friends, people that I call family. Now I'm isolated from these people. And you expect me to have a sense of normalcy? That's not normal if I've never known this before. And yet these children were resilient. They've done what they needed to do. They have persevered. But life has hit them in ways that a lot of us as adults will never be able to fathom. Being introduced into new atmospheres, doing things and being required to do certain things that they're not even, they don't even understand the full capacity of wearing a mask, getting vaccinated. If I don't get vaccinated, I can't go here. I can't do that. These children don't understand this process. And yet they are being asked to hold a certain 
level of normalcy mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually. Trauma is real. COVID caused trauma. Now, that's my opinion. You can debunk it. You can argue it. You can do whatever. But I am a living witness based on the platform that I stand on, based on the views that I see. This disease has caused trauma in so many different facets. We have lost people that we truly believe should still be here behind a dis-ease, a dis-ease. It is making all of us uneasy in some way, form, or fashion. And my heart hurts for the youth. For the youth. And then to have people that could truly be present and they opt not to be present for the sake of ego, pride, whatever you want to call it. Put that mess on the back burner and be present for your children. This ain't about your baby mama. This ain't about your baby daddy. This is about the kids. Who is protecting these children? I have gone through hell the majority of my life. I have turned so many cheeks. I don't have any more to turn. And when it comes to my children, that's where I draw the line in the sand. Parents, be there for your children. They are watching you. They are watching how you treat them in their times of need. Stop making your minor major in their major. That's not fair to them. That's so unfair to them. And I used to be guilty of that. I used to be the very person that had my own healing to do. And my children became collateral damage because of it. I had to go back and apologize to my older children for that. Because even in my fight, they still believe I could have fought harder. I had to go own it, right, wrong, or not. I had to own it. I had to confess my sins to my children where I faltered and didn't even realize that I was faltering, where I had no knowledge of what it is that I was doing, how it was that I was operating, how I was letting certain decisions impact my decision-making. How I was not showing up, even though I thought I was showing up. Because each child is different. They're going to require a different, they're going to require something different of us. We can't treat every single child the same. But loving them is something that we should be willing to do and able to do unapologetically. None of us know how long we have on this planet. None of us know when we're going to take our last breath. None of us know any of that information. But if you know that you're that child's parent, love them. 
be there for them. Help them through their crisis. Help them through their trauma. And if you feel like you don't have the capacity to do that, have that conversation with them. Speak your truth in love. Tell them, I'm not here yet. I can't handle this right now. But this is what I'm going to do for you. This phase is too much for me. But when you get to this next phase, whatever you need from me, whatever's required of me, I'm going to do that. Have an open dialogue with these children. They are smarter than we give them credit for. I don't know who this is for. Maybe it's for me. Maybe I just need to get it off my chest. Well, I'm doing that now. This is not meant to offend anyone. And if I did, my apologies, because that is not my intent. But I've gone through so much and I don't believe that I'm going through it just for me. I believe that I'm going through it to help someone else get through it, too. We can't do this alone. If you're surrounded by people that you don't trust, honey, you need to change your circle. People that are going to hold you accountable, people that are going to make you be who you are. People that are going to let you see when you falter. If you feel as if you're around the, the type of people that they, they pretty much just have their own agenda, you might need to change a circle on that too. Where they only want to be in, in the room when it benefits them, you might want to change that as well. The race is not given to the swift. But I do know that our children need us now probably more than ever. Now, probably more than ever. Let's do right by our children. They are the future. And I don't have a letter to my future hubby, but this is what I will say. It's not a letter. It's a statement. Dear future hubby. Today's date is November the 2nd of 2021. If I did not know until today, now I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am going to need you in every area of my life. And I'm going to need you to show up. There will be times that I will not be able to articulate the level of pain that I'm feeling. There will be times that I am triggered because of my past hurt, my past pain, my past trauma. There will be times when all I want to do is shed tears and weep. I need you to be able to cover me in prayer and your unconditional love. And understanding. I need you to be present. Because I promise to do the same thing for you. I love you. Love, Teresa. So this is going to conclude my episode on today. Please do me a huge favor. And take care of yourselves because there is only one you. Signing out, your girl Teresa. Y'all have a blessed one. Bye.